0: A Playlist Original.
1: Hey, what's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBP. I am so glad you're here. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm recording this on Christmas morning. It is... Well it's 1 15 p.m and I'm in my parents garage. I have been interrupted like three times. It's you know just what you would expect around here a little bit of a goat rodeo but I was vvv busy leading up to this Christmas. We also had a huge snowstorm in BC where I live so I had to get out to my parents house early and we've been celebrating ever since Friday. It's been really fun We've baked cookies, we've made lots of meals, we've played code names, puzzles, taken the dog for walks, watched a lot of football, and it's been really fun, had some cocktails. But I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. Sophie Strauss is here. She is a stylist for normal people, she is a stylist for regular people in LA and we talk about early 2000s fashion shows like what not to wear, queer eye and fashion please and then we talk about the buccal fat removal trend. So I really hope you enjoy our conversation. And even though I enjoyed the conversation, it did unlock a huge fear of mine that I like literally had. Like why do you, <laughs> you like look your ugliest and you're just like going to get milk from the grocery store so you can make yourself a goddamned iced latte and you're in like the grossest sweatpants like not a cute matching suit just like the ones that you've had since grade eight that have like a hole in the crotch and you're just like living your like worst life and why do I always feel like Clinton and Stacy are low-key watching me like hiding in the bushes gonna jump out like that's the fucking self-surveillance that I feel like is so fascinating nowadays anyways there's so much going on I think I'm gonna try to sneak in a little bit of a solo episode I want to talk about Emily in Paris and I want to talk about Chris Olsen and Megan Traynor and just like a bunch of other things so stay tuned for that I had so much fun at the trivia night last week. Thank you so much if you came out. It was really, really fun. Lots of laughs were held and it was such a success. I feel like I'll do some in the new year. If you have any other like Zoom-based event ideas, hit me up and I'd love to, you know, execute it. Over on the Patreon, this week's episode was with Vanessa from Best Week Ever. We talked about the iconic infamous literal perfect piece of media, which is the Jack Antonoff and Lord alleged affair PowerPoint presentation. So we go deep into the PowerPoint presentation, we do a little bit of song analysis, and then we look at where the couple is now. And then... Next week, we have Kenzie Kate's back on the pod. She is doing some celebrity feuds in songs. And then the week after that is going to be with Kirsten McInnes of Mess Magnets. We are doing 2023 predictions, pop culture predictions. So if you have a prediction for a celebrity or a piece of pop culture, movie, TV show, whatever, send in a voicemail, speakpipe.com slash ready to be petty or send me a prediction via DM and I'll read it on the show. Last thing before we get to the episode, I would like to shout out Katie S. and Caitlin G. Thank you so much for being patrons. Katie, you have been around since like day five. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for supporting me and the little podcast that could. And Caitlin, thank you so much for all that you contribute to the discord community i appreciate your hot take on winter house and more Sandine, you both love okay friends it's time to get to the show here is my conversation with sophie i'm back with a very special guest sophie strauss a personal stylist for regular people in la is here sophie how are you
0: i'm good thanks how are you
1: good so This is really cool. I think a really cool concept because I think, especially after uh, the pandemic, people have been really struggling with their personal sense of style, like, you know, kind of events have shifted and our maybe personal style has evolved or devolved or whatever. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your job and your, your work and your clientele.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I as as you said, I'm a personal stylist for regular people. I say regular people because I think that includes literally everybody on the planet and if you are a person, then you could hire me because, you know, you don't have to be a celebrity, though you could be a celebrity. Celebrities welcome. <laughs> all genders, all ages, all sizes, all abilities. So, I Really love doing it and it's basically uh something that evolved really organically. I realized since like I was, you know, basically born, I love a lot of the things about fashion and shopping and getting dressed that I think most people really hate, right? I love sifting through the massive store to find something special. I love trying stuff on. I love getting dressed in the morning. That's like one of the best parts of my day. And I think that I realized that all these things that bring me like joy and, you know, make me feel creative and, you know, give me a sense of self are something, is something that like for a lot of people, for a lot of really legitimate reasons is super stressful and super loaded and like really kind of like triggering. And it's like, I bet that I could help people with that. And so that's what I do. I've had over a hundred clients. I, um, and, and it can be anything from, you know, we hop on a Zoom, right? My clients are anywhere in the world. Um, I, I do in-person services in Los Angeles, but I do a lot of virtual services. We can literally get on a Zoom. I love also sort of thinking sustainably, right? So like mm-hmm. you and I could hop on a Zoom and you could show me a couple pieces that you've got in your closet that you love, but you never wear. And we'd figure out a bunch of outfits with what you've got and sort of figure out, okay, what's not working? What's working? What are you liking and not liking? And I think... You know, that's super fun. But also, sometimes I take people shopping. Sometimes it's, you know, for an event like a wedding or a baby shower or a birthday or a premiere. Or, you know, sometimes somebody got a new job and they need a new wardrobe or their body's a new size or they're, you know, identifying with a different gender than they were maybe before the pandemic, right? Like, there's so many transitions that people kind of went through in the last couple of years. And I sort of see this as just helping people like dress in a way that expresses how they feel on the inside and like to the best of of anybody's sort of like version of themselves
1: that's so cool because you're right I think that there are so many reasons that people don't enjoy that process and yeah it can just hinder your life so much if you don't feel comfortable like you know going to events or vacations or trips or like work or whatever so I I get that you know it, it can really hinder like your quality of
0: life totally totally and I also think something that's like really important to me is obviously I have my own sense of what I like for myself, Mm -hmm. but I really believe that like any type of style is good style if it makes you feel good. And what I actually love, like what's so fun is there's a lot of types of style that like Aren't necessarily what I like to wear all the time. Yeah, but I might have a client who really likes to dress super preppy or mm-hmm. super feminine or super, you know, tailored and structured all the time. There's a million different kinds of things, and I think most people are sort of a blend of of a bunch of different aesthetics. But I I love the opportunity to sort of help people. Like I think that a lot of style, and and this is why I was so excited for this episode. I feel like so much of us grew up with the idea that people are supposed to fit clothes, or whether that's our body, our lifestyle, our, our aesthetic, right? Our job is to get our body into what's cool or what's chic or what's appropriate and not the other way around, right? I believe clothes fit the person. So Ooh. who are you? And then the, there's way too many clothes out in the world. We could probably find something that's going to make you feel like yourself. And I think it's so funny because all of these sort of like tabloids and television shows and reality shows and all this stuff that I think so many of us grew up with like really telegraphed the opposite message to us, right? Like you had to fit into whatever was cool and chic and if you didn't, you were failing and you were terrible and blah, blah, blah. blah. And so it's sort of amazing to give people permission to do the opposite after all of us kind of grew up being like told that we had to all dress one way.
1: Totally, totally. Do you think like so we're gonna talk about like some of these early 2000s fashion tv shows that had all of these rules and stuff but do you think like it's possible to kind of like deprogram your mind to thinking that way because yeah like you're so right about like it's so it was so common in tabloids like even like the who wore a better sections and it'd be like hey well this is why this person wore it better or whatever. And then, like, I feel like you just – it was so ingrained that I feel like sometimes I'll go shopping or whatever and I'll be like, oh, well, I can't wear that. Like, it just – like, you don't actively think that. Like, it just pops into your head and you're like, oh, why do I think that? And it's, like, all of these reasons, but – I don't know. It's hard to like deprogram yourself from thinking that.
0: Listen, it is hard. Like you are so right. I think it's possible. And I think that there are like certain layers that are easier to deprogram than others. So like I think some of it about just like purely personal expression, those are pretty easy, right? If you start to get a sense of like what you as a person like and don't like, which is like a big part of my work, Mm -hmm. then I think giving yourself permission to wear something that makes you feel good, right? Oh, well, I think this is cute even if it's not really trendy right now. Mm. like that I think is easier. I think that the things that get harder are like quite frankly like the things that are tied up in bigger systemic issues, right mm. So things like race, things like fat phobia, things mm. like ableism, right Those kinds of hangups I think are much deeper and right. so right misogyny, so you know, do we, Things like dress codes, right? What do we, like, there are a lot of coded terms around how people dress in certain environments, right? Professionalism. What does it mean to dress professionally? Well, it typically means you can't be showing a lot of your body, which is sort of misogynistic, right? There's a lot of inherently sexualized parts of, like, you know, gendered women's bodies Mm -hmm. and like you know showing a lot of cleavage or a lot of leg or whatever isn't professional well why right Mm -hmm. but right or you know wearing your hair a certain way or wearing you know certain types of clothes that are perceived as like non-white you know Mm You know, clothes that are you know traditionally worn by either like black people or people of color or indigenous Mm -hmm. people, right? Those things tend to be really like stigmatized in a professional setting. Mm -hmm. So like letting go of those kinds of hang-ups when it's not right, you're not told, oh, well, this is me being racist. It's like it's not professional, right? We see that all the time. In fact, there was a huge scandal with that on one of the shows that we're going to talk about on Fashion Police, right? When Juliana Rancic yeah. talked about Zendaya's hair, yeah. right? Those are really coded, like harmful things that those, those run deep. And then I think honestly, one of the biggest ones is fat phobia, right? Like yeah. what do we mean when we say, well, this doesn't suit you or it's not flattering, right? What does it mean when something's not flattering? Does it, does it do anything for you? All we ever really mean is does it make you look skinny,
1: Yeah, And it's
0: (laughs) really hard to break away from that, right? Like to go, okay, what if this actually makes my body look bigger, but I love it? Can I even get past how deep that like fat phobia runs to say, yeah, it's actually okay if something doesn't make me look thinner. Mm -hmm. It can still be really beautiful and cool. I can look beautiful and cool. The goal of clothing is not to shrink my body. And that shit runs deep. So like, I think it really depends, but I think... There's a lot of like beautiful Instagram accounts out there and like I'm sure TikTok I'm I'm not on TikTok but like you know <laughs> I'm just for my sanity I know I should be but um you know like really like powerful folks who are sort of like breaking down those like really entrenched ideas. Yeah. Um but it's fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's
1: so fucking hard. It, you're you're right. It is. It it truly is. And yeah. Again, uh, like you mentioned, I think a lot of that comes from what we were consuming in the early two thousands. So, I, I I watched a lot of What Not to Wear, which is again so weird because it's like why why should like a nine year old or like a ten year old be watching <laughs> like this program like it just doesn't make sense but what not to wear i think was i think the prime example of exactly what you just said where the host Stacey and clinton would like literally drag the person getting the makeover <laughs> into a 360 degree mirror and then point out like everything quote unquote like wrong with them and their clothes and uh, I think, yeah, that's that's just where we get all of those messages.
0: Let's just like lay out. Like, let's really dig into what not to wear. Because I it's so funny because as I was re-watching it, and I was like talking to some friends about it. And I like mentioned that I was re-watching it on my Instagram. And so many people wrote in. And I think all of us still have like a real soft spot for it, and I, I understand yes. why. Like it, we all know what's wrong with it. Yeah. And I think watching some some episodes are definitely like more painful than others. Yeah. But I think so. Okay. So here's the format of the show. If anybody hasn't watched it, right? So your friends nominate you.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. You don't nom. You don't go. Oh, I'm really sick of my. You know how my closet is, and I'm sick of my style, and I want a makeover. Your friends go, ugh, Tory dresses like shit. Yeah, and she wears stuff that's too skimpy and it's not professional and it's too frumpy and it's uh, you know blah 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 and it's gross. It it's gross. I don't like to look at it anymore. Like essentially, right? And there's yes. and then there's like two weeks of secret camera footage yes. of you or whoever, like. I mean, come on. We've all seen like, you know, that like meme where it's like the photo you take of yourself and then like the photo that like, you know, your friend or your boy, right, the tagged photos. And you're like, yeah, of course, everybody looks fucking horrible and they're not camera ready. And it was also before the age of social media, right? So nobody was really like aware of things like camera angles in the same way. And then you get ambushed by Stacey and Clinton. And... they like ambush you in your place of work, and they basically tell you you your friends have nominated you for what not to wear because they hate everything that you wear. And then they hold up a visa card with five thousand dollars and they say, if you want you 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 will get a $5000 shopping trip and a total makeover but you have to surrender your entire closet to us and i'm assuming people have said no in the past yeah. right but obviously yeah. we don't see those on on tv and then the this poor person like flies to new york brings all their clothes allegedly and then stacy and clinton make you try them all on in a 360 degree mirror and they just rip you to shreds they tell you and it was so interesting to rewatching it i don't know if you have this feeling it's painful watching, like, both Stacey and Clinton criticize people. But a lot of the times it's women in this, yeah, you know, like, in I the tank. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, I think it was, like, nine nine times out of ten. like It, it was, was women, women yeah. yeah.
0: And, and it's one thing hearing sort of Stacey talk about it, because even when she's being mean and there's a lot of issues with it, she often talks about it with, like, some level of familiarity, right, as a woman, knowing whether she's right or wrong from a point of having experienced those pressures to look a certain way right then and knowing what it means to dress as a woman in a society that makes women feel like they have to look a certain way Mm -hmm. it was very uncomfortable in a way that like I think even when I was like nine and ten right I was like I never really loved Clinton, and you're like, why? And it's like, hearing Clinton, like, criticize some woman for, like, the way her boobs look in a top, you're like, Jesus (laughs) fucking Christ, you know? You're like, Clinton, you've never had boobs. You try dressing boobs in a top in an era that tells us we need to wear spaghetti straps and, like, low-rise jeans or whatever, you know? Yeah, and. And then they criticize you. They throw away like most of your clothes, whether or not you like them. Yeah. And then they tell, they show you like alternative outfits, sort of allegedly inspired by what they think your style is. Yeah. They send you out for a day of shopping by yourself. Then they send you out for a second day of shopping where they come. And the whole time you're shopping by yourself, they're watching you on like a secret and, camera, and you're
1: crying
0: because you're crying, you're <laughs> crying. Like every every episode, you cry, and and then at the end, you get your makeup done and you get your hair done, mm-hmm. and then you like show them you have a big reveal with your family and everybody's so happy because you're not so terrible to look at anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's so sad. Like, I agree that the the Clinton part seemed, it just, yeah, it didn't seem as sympathetic and I didn't love that. But I think like the thing for me was like when people would be like, oh, I thought I like looked good. Like, that was like the saddest part when like, because there were definitely some people that were like, oh, like this is going to be great because I have been stuck in a rut or like I am not feeling good or like I am not dressing like I'm not as confident as I would like to be and and not that even confidence should come from like your clothes or anything. But and I'm like looking forward to this. But then it was so sad when people would be like, oh, like I actually liked that outfit or like I felt good in that or like, oh, you saw me grocery shopping. You're like, I, I feel fine because I'm just grocery shopping like totally and i remember there was this one episode and it was a woman who like basically wore only pajama pants and like they were trying to like force her into like structured pants and it was just like okay well like obviously like people have issues like some people have issues with textures or like uh, endometriosis, and they like have like uncomfortable bloating, yes, really. exactly. Yeah, like IBS or like whatever it is that like it's like no, just like can you let people wear like a soft pants? Like it was just so. <laughs> it, I don't know. It was just so sad. And then yeah, I, I feel like they just distilled a lot of people's like when you you were talking about personal style, like I think a lot of times they. Took out almost the personal style, like it was just generic versions because they don't know this person. So yeah, it just ended up being kind of like, oh, this person like might have like a slight edge. Like, well, here's like the 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 rocker slash (laughs) professional like mom look that we're like gonna put you in. So
0: yeah, I think you know (laughs) it was really interesting too because I think at the end of most episodes, people seem pretty. Happy, Right. And obviously some of that is editing, but some of it is that people really, a lot of people do have, like most people have insecurities about how they look and how they feel. And what was interesting watching this is it's hard to know if those were insecurities that existed before. Right. Or if they were created by like filming people you know, just demolishing their self-esteem and then like making them feel like they have no idea what they're doing, then giving them a set of rules, right? Like here are the answers to your problems. And it's interesting because I think a lot of times people walk away with like something of value, like some part of the experience has been valuable, whether it's giving them permission to spend a little bit of time on themselves or to understand what they want. Yep. But it's just also, and if, like, you know, this it's, it's such a product of its time, right? Obviously, it's not going to be woke by the standards of 2022 or 2023. But even at the time, you know, a lot of times people really are like, oh, I've been looking And it's funny because this comes up in my work a lot, right? People want rules. I think people crave that. They crave, like, structure. Yeah. And there is something about, and maybe it's, like, a particularly sort of, like, Western thing or whatever. But it's, like, you really want somebody to say, this is, right, if you do this, you will feel good. Yeah. And if you do this, you will feel bad. And so something about that, clearly, the way that Stacey and Clinton present these rules, for a lot of people, it's almost a relief, right? People who don't know why they don't feel good, and then they're told you're doing it right, right? There's something very, like, if you think about being a little kid, right? And a teacher or a parent says, yes, very good, you're doing it right. Even if you don't know what you're doing, I think that makes people feel good, but there's nothing lasting in that. And and so, you know, it was really interesting because, like, I watched, I rewatched a couple episodes where, like, you know, you really do watch somebody get a sense of, oh, like, I could experiment and, right, get pushed out of my comfort zone and try a dress that maybe I wouldn't have thought of or a top I wouldn't have thought of. And actually, I really do like that. And I could see how I could mix that and match that with, you know, what I what I already have. Yeah. And then those episodes are kind of like, all right, yeah, sure, right? Yeah. Like people walk away. Cool. But yeah. then I watched this episode where they find this woman. She's from the South. And, like... You know, by today's standards, I mean, I can't, like, make any guesses about her, like, gender or sexuality, but, like, she very much is somebody – all she wore all the time was jeans and, like, Mm -hmm. camo jackets, right? Like, kind of, like, almost, like, hunting gear. Yeah. And Stacey I, and Clinton. I feel like I
1: know, like I know this episode. <laughs>
0: like, they were really determined to get her to wear a dress.
1: Yeah, like yeah. it was
0: so important. Yeah, and you watch this thing, and it was almost like watching like a conversion.
1: I know, you like, know,
0: th- you know what I mean. Like yeah. it was like really painful because she's yeah. so miserable the whole time. Yeah, and then she shows up made over in a dress for her family, and her family is so happy. And I'm just like, I'm desperate to like see where this person is now and how she's doing because you're like, oh my God. At at the very least, you're like, listen, she doesn't want to wear a dress, right? Like like, you could have her, you could help her elevate her style without forcing her into something that she just clearly feels so miserable in. And it was like, oh my God. Yeah.
1: And like, you're right about how you don't know how people are now. Because it's like, I'm assuming nine times out of 10, after, like, six months or whatever, these people just revert to what, again, they were, like, comfortable with before. But how do you even, like, trust your family or friends after that? Because that's the other piece. Like, you mentioned, like, the family was excited that now their mom, like, fits into, like, a very narrow perspective of femininity and, like, womanhood and stuff. Like, it's just interesting how it's, like, it's also the people around you that have these expectations that, they're putting on you and like I don't know just how rigid and
0: uh, again tragic that really is. I think it also like kind of really fucked us up about like a closet cleanout. Like I yeah. do a lot of closet cleanouts and people are so traumatized by those because they really just have this image of somebody who's not you going through like your personal belongings and deciding what's worth keeping and what's trash. And for some people again that might be like a relief like oh my god, I don't have to even deal with it. But mm. I think for most people you want some say in it and it's yeah. like it's also it's like that's not very sustainable. Like all yeah. those clothes end up, you know. Sure, maybe some of them like get to brought to Goodwill or something, but yeah. it's like they all get thrown away. It's like, you know, I love helping people find ways to style clothes that they've had forever that have kind of lost the sparkle, and it's like reinvigorating that instead of being like we have to buy all this new stuff. Which, by the way, it's like you watch mm. it and it's so trendy and like so much of it is stuff that like Stacy wouldn't wear. You know, Stacy wouldn't wear now. You know, and yeah. Um, and she's, she's such an interesting figure because I think she's really evolved and like she's actually like a wonderful sort of champion of like personal style and mm-hmm. being comfortable in your body and stuff now in a way that I think she wasn't then. And I appreciate that people can like evolve. I don't think Clinton has been on the same journey, but I don't yeah. really know what, you know. But it's interesting because Stacy's whole thing was like she was really a proponent of rules, right? And, you know, you wear this with that, you'll wear a pointy shoe with this. And I think people really gravitate towards those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting what is the what is the modern day version of having style rules that aren't so deeply entrenched in those things we were talking about earlier, yeah. right? That aren't so deeply entrenched in body shaming or, um, you know, patriarchal ideas of how men and women should dress, right? How do you have rules? And I think what I like to talk about with my clients is like, they're not rules. Mm -hmm. They are concepts, right? Like it is objectively true that if you wear a pointy shoe, most of the time your leg will look longer. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you want your leg to look longer Mm -hmm. is up to you. Yeah. Right. Like I have some clients who are very tall. They don't want their leg to look longer. Like, you know, and and there's nothing wrong with wanting your leg to look longer legs, whatever. But, you know, so it's like, how do you talk about these concepts of style and really there's concepts of proportion and geometry and color and pattern as something that is an objective fact, but without giving it a A quantitative, yeah, or I'm sorry, like a a, a qualitative, yeah, moral moral
1: value. That's exactly true because you're right, like. A lot of I remember like one of the rules that I picked up from one of these shows was like if you wear something tight on top, you should wear something loose on the bottom or vice versa. So it's like if you're wearing like a tunic type top, like wear it with like a mini skirt <laughs> or, like, or if you're wearing like flared jeans, wear like a tighter shirt.
0: Also, um, how scarred are you about wearing horizontal stripes?
1: oh my god I know because it's like y'all look wider and like stuff like that and it's like but like is that true like like uh, again from an objective standpoint like maybe I guess but like I don't know I don't know but then it's so funny because then like I feel like especially with like the coastal grandma look or like this kind of like the navy blue striped shirts are really in so I don't I don't know or like they're always in I feel like because they're kind of like a classic look but it all just shifts so much because I know like we've talked about this on the podcast before in the past but like the jeans like changing of styles has just been like like I remember we used to all wear straight straight legged jeans and then skinny jeans came in and we were like how did we ever like live before skinny jeans? And then all of a sudden over time, straight leg jeans are back in. so like, yeah, I don't know.
0: I think that's really, you know, and something that I try to talk about with clients a lot is that if you're trying to follow trends, it's just a recipe for feeling like, you're always one step behind for feeling uncomfortable in your clothes Mm. and for being, like, you know, pretty – having a pretty, like, disposable and, you know, wasteful closet, Mm. right? And it's, like, a recipe for overconsumption. And I say this as somebody who fucking loves to shop. So, like, I am very, like, guilty of all of that as well. Mm. But I think that understanding the the things, right, the traits – about clothes that you like, right? And it, that doesn't mean you can't try new things, right? Like I love that. I I have a pair of True Religions that are, you know, uh, low rise by today's standard, mid mid rise by the odds standard. <laughs> like you know, they don't they there's their fly is more than a half inch long, but um, <laughs> but it's like they're lower rise than I've worn in forever. But like. I actually, like, I always loved the way True Religions looked. I loved the pocket. I loved the, like, heavy stitching. Yeah. I loved the big label. Yeah. And I actually, I never had them as a kid, obviously. And so now I was like, oh, my God, this, but it was, like, But I'm not buying sevens, which, you know, when we were growing up was also super cool. I never, like, even as a kid, I was like, those were fine. But, like, True Religions had this, like, you know, were these, like, amazing thing where I was like, oh, I just, there's something actually about the way that those look that I'm really drawn to. And it's like, even, right, that's such a trend. But being able to identify, okay, I'm actually... I'm drawn to that not because like Bella Hadid is wearing it, but because there's something about the way that that looks that genuinely appeals to what I like, then like go for the trend, right? But I think so much of, of things like what not to wear, like deprogrammed us from ever being in touch with our own sense of style because we were so nervous that we were doing it wrong all the time.
1: Yeah. That's so true. So many things that, yeah, like really do take us away from like our true sense of self and stuff, which is is, is sad. Queer Eye was also really big in the 2000s and then it came back. I guess it has like a little bit different of a vibe. Like they don't focus as much on like body and it's like a lot of the makeovers is like adding sunscreen like not being like (laughs) you have to wear makeup but like but like adding things yeah like sunscreen and stuff that are like actually like good for everybody but do you think it's like kind of the same vibe like do you think in 20 years so it's like 2043 are we looking back at Queer Eye being like oh it's kind of like the same thing again or do you think we'll look back on it more
0: fondly it's an interesting question. You know, I didn't watch the original Queer Eye, yeah. so I don't know. But so I can't speak to that one. But I've watched a lot of the new one, and I can't even remember. Do people not like people nominate themselves? People, I think their friends, it's both.
1: I think it's, it's both. both. Yeah, and
0: and I think the thing where right, there's a huge that's a huge difference with Queer Eye is yeah. whether or not people are nominating themselves. My understanding is like it's generally speaking thought of as like a gift, mm. right? As opposed to like we need to cruelly rip apart what you're doing, it's really thought of as this is like an opportunity for somebody often who spends a lot of time thinking, like, you know, the thinking people of others, who, yeah. thinking of others to think about themselves. Yeah. Um, so that sets the, t- like, this, the context for it is super different. Yeah. I do think what will probably age poorly is a lot of the specifics of advice. Like, honestly, I think, right, like, we already know Antony's recipes <laughs> are gross, <laughs> Um, Bobby's over there working his ass off, redoing people's (laughs) entire homes while like Karamo makes a photo album. Yeah. But I think if I'm going to speak specifically to style, like I really actually love Tan France and I think he has great like taste. Yeah. I think it's not really like his fault. I think that anything that like gets sort of made into a television show, something that's supposed to be really easy to sort of like package is going to have to get really streamlined in a way that loses all the nuance of being a person. So, like, not everybody needs to do a French tuck. And I love Tan France, but, like, some for some people that's not a... And by the way, like, I personally often struggle with a French tuck because it's pretty fussy. Like, you're half tucked in, you're half tucked out. It, you move your arms, the front comes out, the back's, you know, caught on the back. Like, yeah. so it's, you know, I think that... But we see this with any of these shows, with What Not to Wear, with... Queer eye with things like even things like home organization, like with Marie Kondo, where there's sort of a a one size fits all methodology to to what you're supposed to do to feel good. We know that's not a, that doesn't like address the wide scope of of the human experience, and so I think that might not age as well as you're just yeah. like. Some of the specific tips you might be like, well, you know. I mean, I think Jonathan telling people to, like, wear sunscreen is probably going to age well. Yeah, 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 yeah that's <laughs> but, um, yeah. You know what I mean? like, Yeah, yeah. So, you know, who knows? But I think in general, I think the specifics of the style because you're, like – and they don't throw away a lot of people's, like, clothes in the same way. So I also think that's useful as, like – because anytime you're, like – this is the clothes that everybody needs. It's like, yeah, they're going to, all the clothes you made, somebody throw away a bunch of clothes that are going to come back in style in 10 years and all the ones you made them buy are going to go out of style in five. So it's like, yeah, none of that stuff ever ages well.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Sometimes it does kind of a little bit remind me of like volunteerism where you are going to a place and then being like, this is actually what you need to like thrive. Because I also just think like, even when we were talking about what not to wear it's like okay so you picked this mom who you know is working and then managing a household and then taking care of these kids and it's like okay so now you like fix now she you know she wears a belted t-shirt now and it's like okay but it's like yeah but she's like not getting enough help at home she like has way more domestic labor than her husband, or whatever. And it's like, well, this isn't sustainable for like you just kind of fix something, then you're like, okay, I, it's good. And then you like moved on. And then, but this like this root cause is not addressed, which is these like inequities in like maybe money or labor or like Absolutely. like you said racism or gender expression or like whatever so like yeah it, it's just it's so weird
0: it's also I think it gives you know as much as I'm sure people walk away with some new understandings of like maybe how to shop for themselves something that comes up a lot for me and my work as well is when I'm like shopping with people or like doing either a virtual shop or an in-person shop I think it made us all think about shopping sprees in terms of like the the max number right you get five thousand dollars to shops so like when i ask people like what's your budget people's brains like for a whole new closet like they can't right what is five thousand dollars worth of clothes it can be anything right you can go to h&m or Walmart, and you can get $5,000 worth of clothes, or you can get go to Prada and get $5,000 worth of clothes. You're gonna cut right there. And then there's everything in between. And it's so, there's no way to conceptualize that. And so it's funny because people, I think because of shows like this, are also like when I ask them for a budget, they think they need to be able to give me some like top line number. Yeah. And like, no, no, tell me like what's the most you would ever spend? What's the most you could comfortably spend on a single item? without it becoming something where you're, like, really, 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 really have to sort of, like, budget to make that happen, right? Like, you know, are you somebody who's, like, yeah, I'll spend $400 on a pair of boots? Are you somebody who's, like, I'll spend $50 on a pair of boots? Right? And I have to recognize that for everybody, depending on their socioeconomic background, it's going to be a different answer. And I have to have resources for, yeah, both, for both right for all that whole spectrum yeah um but it's just very funny and th- the other thing i always think about is once they do the clothes right you always had Carmendy and nick and then i think like in later seasons it was like a different makeup artist different hair person but it, like the first chunk of seasons it was Carmendy and nick and it was always interesting to me and i didn't really think about it until like i started rewatching it for this podcast um yeah. But Carmody was always everybody's favorite. She's very, like, beautiful. She kind of looks like Christy Brinkley. So there's that. She's very nice, too. Like, she's just – she never – and here's what I think is so interesting about Carmody, and I think something that she gets right, is part of it is that she never criticizes people. Yeah. She doesn't go, oh, well, you have these terrible dark circles. Why aren't you covering those, yeah. right? She always, like, lets people know sort of what's beautiful about them. And yeah. and this is, right, this is probably, like, again, we're still talking about a pretty normative sense of beauty. Yeah, yeah. But also, she's, so she does that, and she's very gentle. But, because I think she has a sense that she's talking about somebody's face. Literally, yeah. Right? That they can't, right, what are they going to do, right, what well, you're going to criticize them for the face that they have, yeah. and it's sort of like, and you're, it's interesting because like, Stacey and Clinton never have that same sense of like, you're talking about somebody's physical body, right? Yeah. Like their being, yeah. Yeah. and you're going to talk about their body like that, and so, you know, Carmody, and I'm sure I'm missing an episode, I'm sure there's a couple episodes where she's shitty or whatever, but yeah. like... The other thing about makeup is she's not throwing anything away and yeah. everything she does is temporary. So she's just giving, what she's actually doing is usually giving people, you know, an example of a skill set that they won't be as good as her at doing, but regardless, as much as they like it, unlike the clothes, which is like they've thrown away everything else or the hair, which is like, oh my God, just like a total stranger cut and dyed my hair. Yeah. Makeup is, like, they can go home and wash it off if they don't like it. But they totally. almost always like it. And I think that's, like, very telling.
1: 100%. Yeah, again, that it, it's, like, that trust piece. Because it's, like, they would be, like, hey, well, you have to, like, wear these sweaters to, like, downplay your arms. And it's, like, they're my arms. Like, it's, yeah. just, like, it's just so wild to think, like, okay, now that person, if they didn't already, is going to have this hang-up about, like, just a completely normal body part that like you really shouldn't give a a thought in the world to and yeah but yeah that's such a good point about like your face that's why I'm like always so scared to go like if I you know when they like if you go get, like, filler or whatever, and they're like, okay, well, you could add something here or whatever. You're like, oh, my God, is my face, like, bad? (laughs) It's like no one's face is bad. No, I literally (laughs)
0: just had, like, a crazy psoriasis outbreak. Yeah, And I, like, very specifically had to find, like, a dermatologist who – is about like autoimmune stuff because especially I live in Los Angeles, most of the dermatologists here are all about like plastic surgery and cosmetic surgery and, you know, filler and Botox and whatever, which like, by the way, like people who do that, great, right? But it's like, I'm going because I'm having like a skin issue and I don't want to come out of it being like self-conscious about my crow's feet yeah (laughs) I I would like to have that be a separate experience where I can choose to go in and have somebody say like where I'm like hey I'm curious what can you do for this and then they can tell me but I don't want to go in for something else and be like told yes oh no but but while you're here dealing with your psoriasis I'm gonna also criticize that you're in a body that ages
1: (laughs) yes yes 100% I feel the same way so the other show that we really like kind of was thinking about was fashion police yeah Which, actually just thinking that the show existed is is completely wild wild
0: me. wild because
1: it just it's it's so bananas what was just like completely acceptable like what I would have on my tv like after dinner at home and just like sit and watch was just like
0: no and I think fashion thought. police I could be wrong But I think it was, like, made because, like, the backs of, like, us, like, the the back pages of, like, Us Weekly and people and stuff had the, like, printed version of Fashion Police, essentially, or, like, their own version of it. And then people were into it. And, by the way, like, it's fun. It's fun to watch just because it's fun to see, like, if you're, like, somebody who likes fashion, it's, like, it was one of the places, too, where you could just see what people were wearing, especially sort of before – the internet was, like, so just, like, everything is posted constantly. You can see everything okay. on Instagram or whatever. Okay, so here's the thing that struck me about watching Fashion Police. That is, like, the one thing that it does better than what not to wear. Because in most ways, it's just mean-spirited, right? It's, yes. like, Joan Rivers especially just, like, ripping people apart. And you, what you feel from Joan Rivers, which just breaks my heart, especially as, like, a young Jewish girl and whatever – is you feel that she has spent her life and her career tearing herself apart and being torn apart. And you can see it in, you know, her like relentless quest to change the way that she looks. Being like, not being okay with with how she looks, right? Being uncomfortable, you know, especially like as a, right? She was a female, like one of the first big female comic she was in this super male dominated space and so it like breaks your heart a little bit but you're like my god you would hope that that would make you empathetic and not cruel yeah. but you know this yeah. is what happens in this industry yeah and I have a lot of like appreciation and love for her in other directions just of you course. know as whatever but um you know she's just so brutal to people and and it's funny but that being said, because it's so brutal, right? And you have all these people sitting around in a circle half the time in horrible outfits themselves, in I my know, opinion, right? Yeah, it, yeah. Not, but, that, but that doesn't matter. What I think doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what's funny and what I actually appreciate, and this is totally by accident, like this isn't like some project they set out to do, is that what it does show is that it's subjective, yeah. right? Because you have one outfit, right? You have... Um, like, I watched a, a clip recently of Christina Hendricks. I think it was at the Emmys. And she's in, like, I think a purple Zach Posen gown. And I think she looks spectacular. As somebody who has big boobs myself, her Christina Hendricks has big boobs. Her boobs are out. It's also, I think she was really... N- Clearly, making a concerted effort in the Mad Men era in particular, when she was on the red carpet, she wore intentionally different silhouettes Mm. from the Joan Holloway silhouette, even though that really, like, quote unquote, suits her, right? She Mm. looks phenomenal as Joan Holloway. I think she, I mean, I think she looks phenomenal in everything. She really yeah. was like making an effort to have modern loose hair and wear silhouettes that were flowy and interesting and architectural and modern because all she did all day on set was dressed in dress in period costume, right? Of course. So she's in this purple Zach Posen gown and she has a lot of cleavage and it's interesting and fun and wacky and whatever. And Joan Rivers just hates it, right? Joan is like, she just rips it to shreds she's she's so cruel about it and I honestly don't remember the guy's name who was like had been on the red carpet that day like mm. in the e like helicopter or whatever wherever they are of and he was like, I saw this in person and I think she looked sensational yeah and what you get is a dialogue and you realize it's just people's fucking opinions, right totally. like and I appreciate that like for the most part and sometimes there's some poor person they everybody piles on yeah but like, Nine times out of 10, there's somebody who likes an outfit that somebody else hates. And totally. they don't like, they try to convince each other or they argue or they discuss it or they pick it apart. But by accident, it shows you that it's just totally subjective. Totally. And that like what one person loves, another person hates. And that's actually what happens with fashion because it's all about you and yeah. your personal taste.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. The context and stuff to depends too I don't know it just seemed you're right like so mean-spirited that it was like a group of people and then there was like people who didn't have a say or like weren't there obviously and getting like ripped apart um like I don't know because it's like sometimes I think on my Instagram stories I'll do like did we like this look or whatever and like and like the poll options are like absolutely not or like whatever. But I don't know, for some reason that doesn't seem the the context doesn't seem the same. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's being
0: hypocritical. I think liking a look is really different also than does somebody look good in something. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like yeah. And, and I think the obviously I'm splitting hairs, but I think saying do you like this, is essentially asking, like, do you appreciate it? Would you wear it? Yeah. There are things I don't like. There are things I wouldn't wear. Yeah. And even if it's not phrased as would you wear it, there are some things I think I like the way that they look and they're right there that you people right by offering both you're allowing people to have their opinion but you're not saying like does she look terrible yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah like does this does this look good on this person I think the, the other thing that I was like thinking about when I was thinking about fashion police is like when I was searching like on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and stuff basically it was like all highlight reels of like the best zingers of like fashion police and stuff like that which again is is just seems so, it seems ill-willed nowadays.
0: Totally. And I think all of these shows, what's so interesting is, and I hadn't really realized this, but the fact that these shows really, like, had their heyday before social media was sort of the dominant force in, like, internet culture. Yeah. These shows had a really big hand in, like, teaching us, and I think especially women, how to be seen. Mm. And, you know, you think about something like what not to wear and stepping in a 360 degree mirror or seeing yourself on like secret hidden camera footage. Yeah. And these are, right, it, this is like even before really like the selfie except like the occasional, you know, digital point and shoot for MySpace or like Facebook, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. we're talking about P- an era where people didn't live their lives in this like constant self-surveillance in the way yes. that we do now. And it's, like, sort of corrupting. (laughs) And, you know, you watch it and you're, like, it's, like, almost quaint to think about, like, not knowing how you look in something. Like, what a blessing. Yes. Yes. To be able to move through the world like that. Because nobody can do that now. You know, everybody is so aware of, right, like... It's kind of a blessing to not know your angles and to not know, you know, whatever that means for you, right? And to not know about good lighting and to – because it means that you're living your life just as a person and not as somebody who's – you know, I – like, I struggle with that a lot. Like, I'm so aware of, like, being seen. And seeing myself and filming myself and photographing myself and photographing clients. And, you know, it's like, this is before that. And so you have really celebrities. And I think fashion police also sort of makes you go, the question fashion police always asks, right? You're not actually, I mean, you're a little bit on the team, like in the circle with them talking about what it means to dress like that or whatever, like, and criticizing. But I think all of us also, when we watch fashion police sort of think about, what you would wear to avoid their scrutiny
1: yeah
0: right that's like the question that sort of gets incepted into your head is knowing how they feel about stuff how would you dress to win right to not to make it on a best Best dress dress list and not a right and not on the worst dress list yeah and you know that's that's that was like before right a time where we think about like what we're gonna photograph for the gram yeah that's (laughs) so true
1: yeah especially like I work predominantly from home so being on zoom I totally get like the the angles and the the self-surveillance and the like you just that was something that I never considered before even the pandemic like it's it's been exacerbated by the pandemic because of Um, being so online, so. That was
0: apparently, and maybe this is a nice transition, but like apparent, like I know that uh, it's been a thing where a lot of plastic surgeons have said that because of Zoom, like people see themselves all day now, that a lot of people come in specifically for like face work because people... Started to get really self conscious, looking at their own faces on Zoom all day. They started to notice and form these insecurities that they didn't have before because they weren't on camera all the time.
1: Yeah, that's fascinating. Okay, let yeah let's let's transition. Let's change gears to the buccal fat removal trend, like you said. Okay,
0: I looked it up, yeah, and I don't. I couldn't figure it out. So do we know? Is it because I heard one plastic surgeon say buckle.
1: Okay, yes.
0: But then I think I've also heard people say buccal. Bucal.
1: Yes, okay. So, And then I just saw two new videos today that said buckle. But then I saw another video that was like, well, it looks like buckle, but professionals call it bugle
0: bugle sounds better buckle sounds silly but yeah
1: because it doesn't look like buckle at all I don't know the double c with the u it makes it sound italian
0: and it (laughs) makes me think of bugle like all right let's say bugle I'm into it and the the fans can weigh in yes exactly (laughs) exactly
1: so this is a trend that I don't think I will say it's like a viral trend because I don't think everyone I don't think it's like the
0: BBL. I will say it's viral in that like people are talking Talking about about it a lot right now. Like I think I just saw that it had like as a hashtag there's like 12.5 million mentions on TikTok or something like that.
1: That's so wild. So yeah it's like everyone's talking about it. I don't think everyone's getting it yet but I think again it could be the new BBL like maybe down the road so if people don't know what we're talking about the buccal fat removal like plastic surgery that you can like cosmetic treatment that you can get done to your face is where a doctor will remove the fat pad in your cheek between your cheekbone and your jawbone so like that little that little part next to your mouth
0: and it creates like a very like hollow, right? It, it basically chisels beca- because it makes the skin of your cheeks sort of fall in towards your mouth. It both like defines your cheekbones and your jawline your gets jawline gets defined, right? That it creates that shadow. Like when you contour, it's basically like it's it's like surgical contouring.
1: Yes, exactly. Because every single YouTube video that you watch that's like a makeup tutorial and it's like hollow out your cheeks. With contour and highlight, this is basically doing this, like, permanently because it is permanent.
0: Do we know, like, what is the ground zero of this starting? Was it Leah Michelle or was it Emrata?
1: So, okay, my (laughs) ground zero was actually Chrissy Teigen in 2021.
0: Because she said she got it.
1: Yeah, she's, like, the only kind of movie star celebrity that has admitted to getting it. But... This week, Leah Michelle posted a picture on Instagram with like a very contoured cheek that were like, hey, you can't just get this from like makeup. And so people are speculating that she has got it done. And that's kind of where the conversation started.
0: And then people were saying that Emrata got it and they were like looking at pictures when she was younger and pictures of her now. I saw that too.
1: Yeah, so... Now, people are looking at everybody being like, okay, so did this person possibly get it done? So, Leah Michelle, M. Rada, Bella, and Gigi Hadid. I think Bella Hadid is like really patient zero here. Like, I feel like she's, yeah. she's always patient zero. So, <laughs> Sophie Turner, Demi Moore, Mary Kate Olson, Zoe Kravitz, Miley Cyrus and Mila-, Mila Kunis. I kind of think Mila Kunis and Demi Moore, that is actually just like natural aging.
0: This is what I want to say. I want to say that some of this is just women be aging. Of Truly. Of like, course. and And I think there, there are also for sure a lot of celebrities and a lot of people who have gotten it. Like I, I am so the first person to be like, you know, oh, like there are so many people who come up as like hailed as like quote unquote natural beauties and like you look at them and you're like, that is a face full of Botox and filler and like (laughs) they look great and that's fine. But like, let's just not pretend that your face gets to look like that just from aging or that most people's faces do. But I will say as somebody who is like recently 29 and who had a baby and then I have a one year old now. And like, I am in the like, I feel like I'm like a prime person who like is in that transition where like the collagen makeup in my face is shifting. And I like went from having like a pretty swollen face because of water retention from pregnancy to like, I personally happened to lose like a lot of weight pretty quickly post-pregnancy from breastfeeding and just because that's what my body did. And I noticed like in myself, a like pretty, like just like, oh, my face is a little a little bit like less sort of like round and like you know that sort of like fuller baby face than i used to have and i'm like a jewish girl who has cheeks like it's not like i'm suddenly you know uh, uh, you know like audrey hepburn or anything yeah. <laughs> but like i have just noticed in myself and i even know from reading from like different plastic surgeons right that there tends to be this trajectory that they see which is that like you know there's like a sort of sweet spot for women in their Late 20s, early 30s, where like they're they start to lose collagen in their face, but they actually like it because it makes them look more chiseled, and then they don't like it because it makes them look hollow and like you know, some horrible reality of being a human being in this society. But like, I will say, I have noticed it in myself, and I'm like, it is totally possible that Emrata has had this done. It is also possible that she is a person who just had a baby who lost a lot of weight very fast and who is aging and who is, you know, in her early thirties now. And like, but like, I just am like some people, it is also what happens when you age which brings me to my opinion on getting it done, which is like, oh my God, if you get it done and then you age on top of that, like what happens? (laughs) Where does your face go? (laughs) What do you do? It
1: disappears. Like it's so interesting because yeah, fat in your face, like fat pads, like that's why fillers especially are so popular is because people like the, the defined, you know, cheekbones and lips and that's through... Because it it indicates youth and that is natural fat in your face. And so as you age, you lose that in your cheeks and in this buccal area and your lips and stuff. And so it gives you a more mature look. And so I feel like if people purposely remove these fat pads, then they'll... Yeah, like you said, who knows? Who, know, <laughs> what, who knows? Because what We happens? don't know. We don't know. Kind of like the long term, because it it it's, uh, seems like it's pretty new. But you might be adding stuff to, like, then you're adding fillers. Well, that's to your face. the thing
0: that all of this is like. You know, people, you get that hollowed out, and then like I think the thing with Leah Michelle was like she'd got that, and then the assumption, right, is that she did fillers in her jawline, yeah. and I don't know. I have – right, I'm so not, like, well-versed enough in most of these things to, like, actually know what, what people are doing. Sometimes, by the way, like, if – you you know, we all uh, – and I will say with Mary-Kate and Ashley, those girls have had those faces forever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. so – they've also – they're very thin. Yes, And, yes. like, that – you know, whatever. So I, I don't know. Who knows? But they're also – not in the public eye that much anymore. I don't know, whatever. But it's like you end up taking something out and then you have to replace it with something fake.
1: Yeah, but yeah. Right, like,
0: and you get, you know, people then put filler in their cheekbones and yeah. their jawlines. And then you have like this thin skin suspended from two filled <laughs> ridges. It's like, I don't, I don't know. It makes, it makes me nervous. Yeah, it makes me nervous. The thing that I, I saw a tweet and I don't remember who said it and I'm going to butcher it, but it was essentially like, Don't let a doctor remove something you only learned existed last week.
1: Yes. Okay. That's, (laughs) I think that that's like my main point to all of this is just like another thing that I'm maybe I'm going to be worried about. It's like, I'm not worried about it now, but I've talked about this on the pod too, about like how I never thought I had like thin lips in my entire life. And now it's been like, you know, 10 plus years of that being really not a trend because like also, people just naturally, you know, it's kind of weird to say that body parts have trends. But, like, that is, is such a feature of beauty in 2022. And I was like, oh, like, that never was an insecurity of mine. And then I li- literally started noticing it. So, it's kind of like we were talking about with these 2000s shows. It's like, that might not be, a pro- like, a problem you think you have at all. Because it's technically not a problem. But, like, and then you just take in all of this messaging and then three years down the road you're like oh my god I have the thinnest grossest lips I've ever (laughs) seen in my entire life and you're like how like how did I not notice this problem before and like I should do something about it and it really this is I think a perfect example of that because I think that Bella Hadid like I think it was like you know maybe like 2017 2018 everyone was like she's the scientifically the most beautiful woman and like all of this stuff people I think that don't follow her or I have seen her like before images
0: I remember her from the real housewives days
1: exactly (laughs) and and she she did say like yeah I got a nose job and she regrets that which is interesting but like if you don't know those pictures or again maybe you do know them but you're not thinking about them every time you see her face you just start seeing all of these images of these beautiful women with these hollowed out cheeks. And I feel like then you start to think about that.
0: I think it's really sinister. And I think that my friend told me this and she would not take credit. I'm sure she heard this somewhere else. But whenever you start to have a sort of like picking yourself apart moment about your face or your body, if you can have like, a moment to just stop and ask yourself, who stands to profit off of me hating this about myself? Even if it doesn't change necessarily how you feel, sometimes it helps to put it into perspective a little bit that, like, perhaps it's not actually a problem, but it's, like, a manufactured problem designed to then, like, create, you know, an insecurity to then sell you something. Yeah. And, you know, I think I really struggle with what the right way to talk about plastic surgery and fillers and all of that stuff is I think especially like being born and raised in Los Angeles and the sort of like you know birth birthplace it isn't actually the birthplace technically for a lot of these procedures but you know all all of these things have such a fraught history right like there's actually this great documentary on I think it's on Hulu called take my nose please and it's these two female comedians I think they're both Jewish who are sort of like debating and you would recognize that they're both like character actors but um, There's are sort of like long debate over like getting a nose job and getting plastic surgery and sort of all of the things that go into it. And it talks about the origin of the facelift, which I believe, and I could be wrong about this, but I believe, at least in the documentary, they talk about it as, if it's not the origin, it's certainly what popularized it. In like France, in like the early 20th century, it was primarily for working single women who worked as like secretaries or in front offices and things like that who were going to age out of their employability because they weren't going to be young and beautiful anymore and getting a facelift was like quite literally like how women s- kept another decade of employment so that they could like feed themselves and feed their families and pay their rent. And so the like surface you know analysis of that is okay well then it's this really empowering thing that let women work and then you go deeper and you go, oh my God, why did we ever live in a society where women had to do that to keep working or why they they needed to work in the first place? And I think similarly, it's like, you know, I think it's really bad to live, you know, to be on social media and see all these celebrities who were, you know, who are not forthcoming about what they've had done, right? The Kardashians, I think, are like the worst about it. They act all the time like, oh, I've had a little filler and a little Botox. And it's like, come on, like we have, you know, just you know you're like I. you want them to be honest because and then Photoshop right because you, you're like I want them to be honest about this because it's really really pervasive and it really like makes you feel terrible about yourself and yeah. you think you know that's it's just hard work and willpower and sunscreen and good genes And then at the same time, the flip side of that is that people, some people are talking about it more honestly, the Chrissy Teigen and the, you know, and part of me is grateful for that because at least then it's honest and it normalizes it. But then you start to realize like how many people get fillers and get Botox and all that stuff. I think in a way that like most people don't realize how many people Mm -hmm. get filler and get filler and Botox in particular, right? Mm -hmm. Like those ones I think Botox probably more than anything. And it's like, I genuinely don't think that there's anything wrong with it. But I also really struggle with what it means for our relationship with like seeing aging faces, particularly like aging women's faces. And it makes me nervous. And I don't know where the line is to be like, never judgmental. I mean, I just couldn't, you could not judge anybody for doing it. We live in a society that puts a lot of pressure on us to do it. But it's also like... How is What chance do we have of breaking that cycle if we all just sh- shrug and go? We got to
1: do it. 100%. I think about this literally daily because I'm like, I have no problems with plastic surgery or cosmetic procedures like you're saying at all because I'm like, it's your body and you can choose what you want to do with it. But then I'm like, but is the thing that you're changing about yourself again, just fitting you know, like a male gazy standard of beauty that's westernized and like it's so tough. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I have fillers in my cheeks, chin, jaw, under eye. I had DCA in my chin. Like, I, again, like I'm not against it at all. But then I was like thinking, I was like, but would I have put DCA in my chin or whatever? I didn't think I needed a more snatched jawline because of again like what we're talking about like with fat phobia and like all of this shit. Like I'm so like sick like it it's cyclical. Like <laughs> my thoughts go like you can do whatever you want, then I'm like, but you're right. Like we're we're continuing this and
0: I've heard like so few people talk about it the way that you just did though. Like that's so unbelievably rare and refreshing because I think that what you either see is people who are, like, super against it. They're like, fuck all that stuff. It's so bad and blah, blah, Or people who are like, I love it. It's amazing. I do it. It's great. It's normal. And it's imp- – or it's even to say, like, it's empowering, right? And there's also a lot of contexts where plastic surgery is, like, gender-affirming surgery yeah. or, like, reconstructive surgery. Right? Like, there are all these contexts where it's, like, undeniably beneficial. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But then there's also, like I, – I appreciate the nuance of what you're saying and I think, like, we have to learn to, like – actually sit with and be comfortable with the fact that like things can be in this gray area where it's like it's okay it's nothing to judge anybody about it can make right maybe like I don't know like maybe you fucking feel great because you have it but you can also be like I really like it I'm glad I did it I'm gonna keep doing it but I also can't really separate why I did it from some like kind of sinister social pressures and both of those things can be true right this can be this can be the right choice for me and I can also acknowledge that like maybe I wouldn't have made this choice if we didn't live somewhere that made me feel self-conscious about my face
1: totally totally yeah that's such a good point I just wonder like with this new trend like if it will stay at the celebrity level or if it'll trickle down to The normal people.
0: It has to trickle down. I mean, like, it has to have already trickled down, right? Like, I can't imagine how many calls doctors are getting just this week from people being like, take my buccal fat. fat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That'll be like the part two of the the documentary you mentioned like yeah in take exactly my nose, take, take my-, my
0: nose take my bugle fat yeah, yeah
1: that's so funny it's so interesting and so and one last thing and then we can move on if if you don't um, yeah have yeah, yeah else absolutely add. but like it's so funny also about like what you think about other people because I don't follow Chrissy Teigen like too too much anymore but I used to follow her really closely. She's actually how I named this podcast. It was from a tweet of hers so oh really? Yeah so like she's she's one of our patron saints.
0: I'm I had like a similar trajectory with her. I feel like I like followed her super closely and then I kind of like got off.
1: Yeah <laughs> she had that like weird kind of like cancellation that I was like eh. and then I was like uh, I actually it's so funny how like sometimes you follow celebs and then like you start to notice like something happens and you start to take notice of them more and you're like actually I could like live without this person like I'm, yeah. I'm good not following them but but it's so funny because Chrissy Teigen I've always thought she is so beautiful and it's because of her round cheeks and her round face so it's just so interesting how she was like again the first person to admit that she had this she documented it on all of her Instagram stories I'm sure you could find them on the internet but it's just funny of what someone changes when it's like that's what I thought was like the most beautiful like thing about her was like when I was always like oh you have like the most like rosy cute cheeks so it's it's just it's just and also
0: isn't it like I think it really is similar to what we were talking about in terms of style and trends which is like I think There's a certain blightiness with particularly like celebrity plastic surgery and I think especially again the Kardashians who are like the apex predators of this type of thing which is bodies as trends and body parts and body types as trends when for m- the majority of people your body is your body mm-hmm. and you know even things right people talking about oh are the kardashians butts are they getting them smaller and they taking out the filler or the this or the that or the other thing and it's like because our big butts going out of style now and it's like well what do you say to all the people particularly like the women of color who have, you know, been the people who were vilified for so long for having big butts. And then now suddenly the Kardashians have it and it's sort of like put on a white body and then it's made trendy. And then when they decide it's over, they take it out. And, you know, it's like to have a body that goes in and out of style. And it's like similar, right? What you're talking about with Christy Teigen's face. It's like, I think one of the beautiful things, about one of the nice things about social media, right, is finding people who maybe have bodies or faces or traits like yours and looking at them and looking at them over and over again and looking at them feel okay. Mm-hmm. And, right, like other celebrities who have, like, not super full lips and who's mm-hmm. who have wrinkles and who have, you know – whatever kind of body type or hair type or skin color or age, right? Like all of these things where it's like, it's really nice to see the gorgeous range of human existence and expression and shape and all of those things. And then like when they get homogenized and then like put through a trend mill, yeah. then like none of us can really relate. Like, like it's nice, to, you know, it's nice to see somebody who has full cheeks like you or who has, you know hair like you or thin lips like you or full lips like you or a big butt like you or no butt like you you know what i mean it's 100%. like and then all of that goes away when everybody just gets the same surgeries to copy the kardashians or yeah, whoever the
1: instagram face 100% yes. yeah couldn't agree more
0: Okay, let's
1: move on to Pettyweight Champion of the Week. So this is the part of the show where our guest nominates a Pettyweight Champion of the Week, someone in the media who did something petty and it was iconic. Who are you nominating this week, Sophie?
0: Okay, I am nominating Haley Lee Richardson. Honestly, she she played Portia in season two of White Lotus, and I have to admit that I did not even watch <laughs> the season of White Lotus, although I really want to.
1: Me too, me too. Did you watch season one?
0: I watched the pilot and I didn't like it. And so I've been like, I basically asked a bunch of people like, what do I need to know from season one? And they were basically like, just remember Jennifer Coolidge. And so I think I'm going to watch season two, but I just, I struggle watching things where I'm like supposed to hate everybody. I like watching things where there's like somebody to, to Fruit get behind. For. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, I just like, life is hard enough. I don't need to film my, my, like, that's so why I'm, I'm watching Gilmore Girls for the first time. I'm enjoying that much more, oh, you know? Oh, so. I love that. So that's been fun. But um, Haley Lee Richardson plays Portia. And what I appreciated is like the last couple weeks since the show came out on like Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and whatever, a lot of it has been like talking about her clothes, which is also just, of course, piqued my interest and her outfits on the show, which are like, you know, I think very, it's a lot of like trendy sort of like somewhere between normcore and Lisa Says God and like whatever. And she like, was just so sort of getting, like, put through the paces of, like, are her clothes really cute? Are they really ugly? And, like, a lot of people were talking about how ugly her outfits are on the show, this her character's outfits. And then she went on the Today Show, like, a couple of days ago and basically said okay, this is, like, silly to admit and, like, weird, but actually, like, a lot of the clothes were mine, and I'm sort of, like, super into that for her to just have, like, the whole country talking about how ugly her character's clothes are and her to be like, yeah, those are my clothes.
1: It literally <laughs> goes back to what not to wear. <laughs> like, like, it's, like, truly full, full circle moment. Just, like, I would die if on, like, a mass scale people were talking about, like, my clothes and they didn't even know
0: it, <laughs> like... Yeah, people thought they were being fine because it's just a character. And then it turns out they're actually they're talking actually about her. her Nothing is safe. That's so <laughs>
1: funny. It It's kind of the, the conversation about Portia has been really interesting because did you watch Zoe Deutsch's movie? I think it came out in 2020 or 2021. It was called Not Okay.
0: I did not.
1: Okay, well, it's a movie where the main character is an influencer and she lies about being in like a terrorist attack in Paris to get clout. I
0: saw the, I saw the trailer Trailer.
1: and it's funny because she was wearing a lot of clothes that were so popular in 2020, 2021. She had the blonde streaks in her hair and everything. And people are like, Hey, well this is aged so poorly because we already know that those are like quote unquote out of, trend right now totally it's so interesting and I feel like we'll look back at Porsche's character and say the exact same thing
0: I also like appreciate honestly that like the character like I'm just was, have been like looking at like the memes as they go by like the character's outfits are very much like real like I like that is how people dress and yes you know it's like it's obviously a lot of the clothes are like elevated and it's television and whatever but it's sort of like even something like Emily in Paris, where it's like, okay, it's like a candy. This is at least like, yeah, actually like a lot of like women her age dress like that.
1: 100%. Yeah, that's such a good point. Because it's like, yeah, we're not, if we're going on a trip to Paris, we're not in like these like full ball gowns and like designer heels going, like we're wearing the bucket hat like, yeah, like Portia and we have our, you know, nails painted lime green. It's just so funny. Like, this is realistic. And I feel like it's realistic for her age group, too. I think that's, like, another thing. It's, like, Emily in Paris, I think she's, like, she's a recent grad, so she's, like, probably, like, 21, 22. It's, like, she's not dressing like this. But people that are 21, 22 probably are dressing like Portia.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. And, like, it's also, she has, like, a sense of personal style it's like weird and you know funky and whatever but like there's like a consistency across all of it in like it's a little like late aughts it's a little now it's like I don't know right she's kind of it's colorful it's yeah a little eccentric but I also like believe it I think one of the things that I I like and you know most costume designers really like have this in mind but like it creates a character right like you understand like I'm already learning a lot like I haven't even seen it and I'm learning a lot about this character just looking at these outfits like it tells me a story about who she is
1: yeah
0: 100% so yeah but that I appreciate her just being like yeah lol that's so (laughs) those are mine like (laughs) if that was you would you
1: say that in an interview or would you take that secret to the grave
0: <laughs> oh my god no I would totally say it in an interview <laughs> I love that I one of like my the pride and joys of my life is like having some ugly item that people reject and being like no I'm gonna make this cool I love, <laughs> even that. if you
1: don't agree I love that I love that that's super cool okay this episode was so much fun thank you for joining us
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Can you tell the listeners where they can find you and anything else that you want to plug?
0: Absolutely. You guys can find me primarily on Instagram at sophie styling or on my website at com. Awesome.
1: Thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me, Tori. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Sophie for joining me on today's episode. I just want to say happy holidays to everybody, whether you're having a cozy, relaxing, restful holiday or a wild, rambunctious, party hearty holiday. I hope you are getting whatever it is that you need. I know sometimes it can be a hard time of year, a lonely time, a really self-reflective time as the year closes up, which, you know, can be hard if you didn't have the year you were hoping to have so i'm just sending you all my love and i just wanted to say thank you again so much for supporting this podcast i say this every year and i say this all the time just in my real life but this podcast is the light of my life it is really feels like my life's work It's so much fun to have a community to chat with and I cannot wait to see what 2023 brings. And this isn't even our last episode of 2022, I think. So I I won't say too much else, but I just wanna say thank you so much for supporting the podcast. It really means the world to me. And just a reminder, like I said at the top of the episode, if you have a 2023 pop culture prediction, celebrity prediction, you know, breakup, someone getting a special role, TV storyline, something like that, send it to Kirsten McInnes and I at RTBB podcast or leave us a voicemail speakpipe.com slash ready to be petty. Okay, friends, I hope you are safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host Tori and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.